EM board bombs. Now, here's doctors Iltafat Hussein and Blake Briggs. We're back with another EM board bomb that we are dropping on this pod. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast, drop a review as well if you like our series. Um, I'm Iltafat Hussein. I'm here with Dr. Briggs. Uh, we're ready to get started, right? Oh, I got three cups of coffee in. I'm ready. Awesome. I like it. Um, as usual, we're going to start out with our interesting stem to keep it a little bit light and breezy. Now, starting off, you've got this question. So in October, you're called to the ER for a level one trauma involving an ATV accident. It's October, so you can also tell yourself that these traumas are going to be wrapping up here pretty shortly, right? I mean, this is the tail end. This is the, the, the end patient, of the season. <laughs> I know, right? Man, that season sometimes feels so long. Though. <laughs> um, <laughs> the patient is an 18-year-old male who flipped his ATV while riding in the woods. He and his friends were filming their own recreational scene from The Walking Dead using Nerf guns. <laughs> and it, it, I mean, this is what happens. It, you know, I've done this before. Things happen. Yeah. And there were, you know, they have the iPhones, the, they have the video stabilization, the GoPros. And, the, you know, and some GoPros as well. Um, that some drones that they were using for it. So, I mean, this was a whole production that they were doing, right? So yeah, that's like Hollywood levels. Exactly. Exactly. So they're using Nerf guns and ATVs. Um, so I'm glad they were being responsible and not using actual guns. You know, that's a step up from what we're used to. Um, and when the patient was clotheslined off his ATV due to low-hanging sausage links, which were supposed to be simulating human intestines. So that's very unfortunate, right? I mean, they, yeah, they had these sausage links placed there, and then they literally just went right into them. Um, and so the human intestines that were, you know, they were supposed to replicate human intestines and now they got clotheslined by them. Safety first, right? Safety first. So of course he was transported, uh, from the outside hospital to the nearest multi, uh, specialist center to your ivory tower, basically. (laughs) He has everything ready to go. Where we have everything ready to go. There right? was a neurosurgeon waiting everything. in the ER bay. I know. Exactly. For you. Because they were told that. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> moving on. Uh, he has no eye opening. Uh, incomprehensible sounds, unfortunately. Uh, but withdraws from pain. So really an unfortunate situation here. It went from it was supposed to be a fun day to an unfortunate situation. Um, All because of the human so intestines. It's all because of this human intestine thing, right? Sausage. Sausage. Yeah, sausage who who would have thought? Who would have thought, right? So initial blood pressure is 150 over 100. Heart rate is 120. What is the next step in management? A, intubation with inline stabilization. B, IV steroids for likely spinal contusion. C, video-assisted intratracheal intubation with the C-collar still on. D, performance of bedside EFAST. E, portable chest x-ray. The correct answer here is A, intubation with inline stabilization. Take it from here, Dr. Briggs. You want to read through that whole stem again? I felt like it took forever. I didn't get anything out of it. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like we took forever to get through that stem. We did. We did. The short did. of it is somebody got clotheslined, unfortunately, <laughs> and they Someone, showed up. Someone got wrecked. They showed up with no eye opening incomprehensible sounds, but they withdraw from pain. Hint, hint, what is their GCS, right? 
I know, right? You got their vitals, and now you need to know what the right thing to do is. Totally, totally. There's several phases to this question. One, of course, is going to be the GCS approach. You know, um, board tests are sometimes going to give the GCS, but they're rarely going to. I think this is something that they expect you to know, and they should. As an emergency physician, you need to know the GCS. You know how to calculate it from your own brain. So in trauma, remember, we always go in the ATLS order algorithm, ABCs first all the time. This guy has a GCS of seven. He has no eye opening. He is incompre- uh, incomprehensible. That's a tough word. Incomprehensible that is, breath sound. It really is. I know. know. Whew, not when breath you wrote sound. This Sorry. Question, Dr. Briggs, I, I, that word definitely did. I had to pause for a second. I know. I know. We looked at, I could pr- apparently pronounce Liz Franck, but I can't pronounce incomprehensible. I know. Um, I know. Yeah. Incomprehensible sounds. I almost, did you hear me? I said breath sounds too. He, he does have breath sounds, but <laughs> incomprehensible verbal yeah. sounds. Right. And then we also eat a patient withdrawals from pain. So this is a GCS of seven. Um, his blood pressure is stable as well this time, thankfully. He's 150 over 100. And so the first step here is airway management. He's not protecting his airway, obviously. He's not speaking to you. And so he needs to be intubated. 10% of all trauma patients with a GCS less than nine have a cervical spine injury. That's one in 10. So one in 10 patients that come in and let's, you know, actually just think about that. If the GCS is less than nine, you're going to think about intubation, right? And so think about that. Every patient that comes in needing intubation during trauma, one out of 10 of those have a cervical spine injury just off the bat. I mean, that's a pretty good guesstimation of what you're going to deal with on a daily basis. The way to manage these cervical spine patients, so we've established he has a low GCS. That's the first part of this question. And that's kind of the entry level. I think that's going to be for the newer doctors or medical students listening to this. That's the first step, right? That's the stage of education they need to be at is deciding when to intubate a trauma patient. For sure. You need to know that right off the bat. You need to be totally. able to tell that within about you know 30 seconds of assessing. Um, sometimes when there are, depends on the speed of EMS rolling into the ED too. It's usually when they like cut that corner around the charge nurse desk yeah, and you, you see can them tell just by looking <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah the speed if they take it on two wheels it means they need to be intubated right right so the second part of this question however is going to deal with actually how you intubate a trauma patient with a possible cervical spine injury right this guy had a clear clear cervical spine mechanism concerning for injury right a clothesline injury sometimes they don't are not that clear but the point of the question is they want you to know that i mean they're kind of selling that to you because they want you to be tested on the next phase of the question, which is how do you intubate a cervical spine patient? And the key here is going to be something called Mills, Dr. Hussein, Mills. And before you get into Mills, I think it's important what you mentioned there too. A part of what we're doing in this podcast series is also helping you understand what the answer is going to be by just reading the stem. We have hilarious starts to our stems, but then we do like to actually provide some utility. And what you <laughs> mentioned like there is key. Yeah, we like making them useful too. But that's why in the STEM, when Dr. Briggs wrote this, he specifically put the mechanisms. So when you see a very specific mechanism laid out for kind of a multi-system trauma, um, that should kind of raise your interest. Um, And it's not like like a typical, you know, motor vehicle accident, right? Uh, This is like a very specific uh, mechanism that's listed. It's not going to be sausage links, you know, but it, it certainly could be just, you know, a closed line. Um, or a similar type of mechanism. So talking about MILS, what are MILS? So MILS is manual inline stabilization. And this is the theme of when you're intubating someone, you can cause cervical spine movement. There's actually been a study showing that there is about five millimeters of movement in cervical spine. Now, just a quick shout out to the real world here. We don't know if this does anything to spine. We also don't even know, honestly, if you want to get into the philosophical view of C-spine injuries. We don't even know if C-collars do anything for patients. Um, It's like our world is being turned upside down. Um, However, 
that doesn't matter on board test. Say it ain't so. Say it ain't <laughs> right. so. Yeah. For board yeah. test, don't worry about that. Sea collar for board test. Always. You yeah. always do everything that you were taught to do in med school in terms of sea collars, sea spine stabilization on a board test. Um, right. So letting you know, everything we talked about today is relevant for board tests. Um, must keep the cervical spine stable at all times. The collar should come off and you preferentially do video-assisted intubation due to least likely to disrupt the cervical spine. You can do direct intubation, but it requires a little more mouth opening. So how do you provide this inline stabilization? Because I think we've all been there. We've been selected as the key integral doctor assistant to someone intubating. It's like the booby prize when you're intubating. It's like, yeah, you the the other doctor can intubate. That's fun. But oh yeah, can you hold the C spine, please? This bloody this bloody C spine mess <laughs> and stand like crouching below the patient's hairline. I know. So, and you're like crouching all in a in a funky position. And there are, you know, you have RT sitting right next to you as well. And it just yeah, it's always interesting. It's yeah, like human it's origami. Like yeah. Crouching resident hidden C spine. Oh, I like it. That's you like that? Instead of crouching? Yeah, I know. I'm glad you got it. I'm glad you got it. Okay. <laughs> that was good. I like that. Thank you. That's thank you. Good. Thank you. I know you appreciate my joke. <laughs> so so two, where do you do this? So if they ever describe how you actually do this process, you know, there's no right way. You can either, crouch, as you just said, crouch beside the intubator with your hands placed on the patient's mastoid processes or cradling that occiput. Or you can stand beside the patient in front of the intubator with your hands placed on the sides of the patient's head and your forearms resting on his chest. Either position works. I think a lot of people prefer the standing beside the patient in front of them because it gets that extra person out of the way from the airway uh, area. Um, you know, the question is, why can't we just keep the hard collar on? You know, this, if the question ever asks, you know, can you just keep this hard collar on? And just for your own information, it does limit your grade viewing. You get less of a grade, like a grade from, it goes from a grade one to like a grade three. It limits mouth opening and it worsens cervical spine movement. The main thing to keep in mind here is that with these, going back to the choices here, choice A said intubation with inline stabilization. It didn't specify video-assisted, and actually choice C was video-assisted intubation. However, that was the wrong answer because even though it was video-assisted, the C-collar was still on. You need to take the C-collar off and perform MILS, manual inline stabilization, with either direct or video-assisted intubation. Every other answer in this question here comes secondary to airway management. The other three choices are giving IV meds, the IV glucocorticoids for spinal contusion, which really we don't even, that's not even. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's not even going to be tested on boards. I think boards have actually gotten rid of that too as part of their questions. The fast exam and the chest x-ray should come obviously after A, B, C, D. So that's kind of where we're coming from. You have anything to add, Dr. Hassan? I feel like this is a pretty straightforward topic, and we've kind of hit the two main things: the GCS. Mills, yeah, exactly. Mills, remember that GCS. Just remember to memorize that. That's pretty obvious. You can find that anywhere online uh, to help you memorize. Um, and that's pretty much it. Crouching resident, hidden C spine. It's gonna oh, be our yes. tagline. And that's another tagline. Crouching. Uh, yes, yes. That's. It's gonna be a new movie. That's a good one. We should make that movie. Maybe we'll make a digital short. We'll make it I'm sure. Put I don't it on think video. anybody will watch it. It'll be horrible. It'll be horrible. We might no, do it just for fun. <laughs> yeah. Based on the, uh, we also need to do a study on the the wheels turning the corner of the charge desk of the That's EMS. That's true. Uh, EMS how board. high? How high it gets out? How do they come off the ground? That's their speed of uh, rushing to the bedside. <laughs> That'd be fantastic. All right. This is a great All topic. Right. So please subscribe. We'll see you next time. See ya.